Hey, podcast people, how's it going? This is Azrin, the language nerd here. I'm the owner of a business called the Calgary Language Nerds. My team and I, we work with language learners and help them achieve their desired level of fluency. If you'd like to work with myself or someone on my team, please visit my website. It is azrinthelanguagenerd.com. That is spelled A Z or Z R E N, thelanguagenerd.com. And with that aside, let's get started. I am calling this podcast Rough Draft. That is the title. <laughs> that is the title of this podcast episode. The reason for that is because today, today I would like to share three different rough draft projects that I'm working on at the Calgary Language Nerds. One of them is a language learning related project. One of them has nothing to do with language learning. And the other one is more of a productivity hack. Let's go in reverse order. Let's go productivity hack. Um productivity hack first. So the productivity hack is a quick one. I've been breaking my days down into 15 minute increments. I think a lot of us, we break our days down into 30 or 60 minute increments. For example, if you have a meeting, often the meeting gets scheduled for 30 or 60 minutes. It's rare to have a 15 minute meeting or a 45 minute meeting. Typically they're, they're like 30 or 60. That tends to be the norm. I think that's because us as human beings, there's something psychologically, what's the word? There's something psychologically pleasant, or there's something that psychologically, that psychologically feels right when we have a meeting that starts at 9am versus 9.30, but a meeting that starts at 9.45 and goes till 10, like it feels really weird, or 9.45 to 10.30, it feels like a weird time slot. Stuff doesn't start on the 45s usually. It's just a cultural norm. But I personally lately have been breaking things down into 15-minute chunks. I would say really actively for the past week or so, but slightly less actively even for the past roughly year, something like that. For instance, most of the classes I teach are now 45-minute classes. Because ultimately in a 60-minute class, 45, sometimes even 30 minutes, 30 or 45, but most are 45. This is because in a typical 60-minute class, you guys can probably relate to this, okay? In a typical, let's say, 60-minute class, you waste 15 minutes of the class. Like after 45 minutes, for mo most of the time, your brain is sort of done anyway. And often because it's 60, there's, a, there's time that gets wasted. But when it's 45, you have to be focused for the whole 45. You can't waste any time. You sort of have to move forward and use up the whole 45. And so I've been finding that quite beneficial, actually. The 45-minute classes are far more productive, I find, and, and, and better, I find, in most cases than 60-minute classes. So there's something for you to think about, actually, for language learning. If you want to maybe save a little bit of money, if you're taking private classes or something like that, and someone gives you a, a price for one hour classes, ask them like, hey, what would you charge me if it was like 45 or 30 minutes? Like, what would you charge me then? Would it be a little bit less? And often they'll say like, oh yeah, sure, why not? So just a little bit of a hack. And you'll probably end up learning a little bit more by having a slightly shorter lesson. On a slight tangent, I actually think if you're going to have a class, the ideal class length is either 45 minutes, right? So a little bit shorter than your typical one hour class, or you've got to go the other way and you've got to go a long class, like two hours, three hours. And if you're going to go two, three hours, I actually think in many ways, you know, 
it's probably even better to have that like twice in a week because because when you have like a three hour class, your brain like has a long time to get into the zone and fully switch into the target language. So I think if you're not going to do 45, which is kind of a nice, short, tight, tight sort of amount of time where you're in, you're out, you have to be focused because it's only 45 minutes, you can't waste time. If you're not going to do that, I think you got to go the other way and go like, okay, let's make it a two hour class or a three hour class. Because then you get, you know, you get that benefit of your brain switching into the target language. One hour, I think is kind of an awkward, awkward length for a class, unless perhaps I guess if it were like a, a group class, I could see one hour making sense. There's like 10 people in the class. But even then, if there's 10 people in the class, I'd actually probably prefer the class to be an hour and a half at least and to take a 10 minute break at some point in the class. I feel that's actually a better use of time in that case. Anyway, I digress. Back to the productivity hack. I've been breaking my days up into 15 minute chunks instead of 30 or 60 minute chunks. So what that means is, for instance, when I have 45 minute classes as opposed to 60, if you do the math, every three, every, um, every four classes, I now, or actually, that's not right. Every three classes, I can fit an additional student into my day because three one hour classes is three hours, but three, uh, three, how do I say this? Three 45 minute classes is two is 2.25 hours. So I can fit a fourth student and get that into three hours, which is a big deal. That's extra money for me. And it does not affect student learning whatsoever. Also, here's another fun fact on 15 minute intervals. <laughs> it's interesting, at least to me. When you have these 15 minute, when you break your day down into 15 minute intervals, you'll realize A, how many meetings you have. And if you have, a, if you work in like an office, you probably know this. How many meetings that were a 40 minute meeting that needed to be a 15 minute meeting? You just wasted a whole bunch of time that didn't need to be wasted. So I'm actually doing a lot of 15 minute meetings now. It's actually amazing. I love 15 minute meetings. It's been really, really nice because I was wasting a little bit of time in meetings. And I was like, where we didn't need to, I was wasting everyone's time. Like we could have moved through it a bit faster. So I'm a big fan of that. Also, when it comes to chunking your time in 15 minutes, sometimes when you have 15 minutes free and you're used to doing that, you're like, oh, I've got 15 minutes. I can actually get something small done. I can go wash some dishes. I can wipe the table. I can do this. I can do that. I can, I can answer four emails. I can, I can get something done. So I'm getting way more done when I'm awake now and during my waking hours. I don't feel, I don't feel more rushed. I don't feel like I'm in a hurry. I'm getting way more done I'm just getting way more done and I feel the same. So it's been really, really nice. I'm enjoying it. I learned this because if you guys remember a couple podcast episodes ago, I said it was called learn from the pros. And I told you how when you're learning a language, look at how other successful language learners have learned languages and see what you can learn from them. So I listened to my own advice and I started to look at how did other successful business owners that run much bigger business businesses than me, like what kinds of things do they do? And then I also started to, uh, well, I did that. And I also started to watch some vlogs of people that are just very productive, like people that work too much, in my opinion, people who have like these 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. work schedules, they make vlogs and stuff, which is pretty crazy. And I started to watch. I watched a lot of the vlogs and videos and day in the life videos on YouTube. And I noticed a commonality among a number of these people as they do, they schedule their days out in 15 minute intervals. Because when you run a large, large business, often you're so busy, 
that you have to schedule your day in 15 minute intervals. Funnily enough, even um, if you look at, I think I'm pretty sure on this, I'm like 90% sure. Huh, I wonder if I can find a vlog of this. I'm curious. When you look at politicians, I think they also have very similar kind of schedules where they will have a 10 minute meeting or a 15 minute meeting or 15 minute call because they just have so many things to get done in the day that if they did 30, 45, 60 minutes, they just wouldn't get through. They just wouldn't get through all the things they have to get done, right? So that's been a big hack for me and I'm seeing early success with it. So for those of you interested in productivity sort of hacks and stuff, that might be something worth looking at. Now, second rough draft project. Um, this one I'll get through pretty quickly. It's for my tutors. I'm working on some, I'm working on developing my tutor's financial awareness. I think the financial awareness is very important. I'm not an expert on financial awareness. I'm mostly, how do I say this? I've got some personal experience with it, but I'm not a financial expert. Essentially, my goal with my tutors is to bring up the topic, to be like, hey, financial awareness for your personal finances is important. Here's some very limited knowledge I have. Let's point you in the right direction for other resources that are more credible than me and more experienced than me and better than me and blah, blah, blah. But let's at least have the conversation. Let's bring it to light because that's so, so key. Listen, for example, if you don't have personal savings and you don't have it and you never actually get that solved and you ever lose your job, it's so stressful for you. Not to mention the stress of living paycheck to paycheck and always wondering how you're going to get money to pay for stuff. That's very stressful. So I want to have that conversation with all my tutors and just talk about it. Cause I'm like, listen guys, like, I think it can be very beneficial for you. If we, if we, if we talk about this, if we, if you work on this, so I'm working on a few things behind the scenes and I think it's going to be very helpful for any of my tutors. And as my business grows, which is my hope, knock on wood, you know, as I go from right now, there's 15, 15 people. Yeah. 15 people that, that work for me. <clears throat> and, uh, as that number increases, right. And goes to 15 to 20 to 25. Listen, with the ambitions I have with my business, I don't have ambitions for it to be like a huge, huge, massive business. But listen, I, I, I would like the business to have, you know, 50 to 100 tutors at least, something like that. That would not surprise me whatsoever in a five-year window, assuming things continue to grow and I can figure it out. And I like running the business, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that'll be very beneficial if I have that infrastructure there now for helping bring awareness to, to personal finances and helping people take meaningful steps forward with that. Like when there are 50, 75, 100 people who work for me part-time or full-time, like that's going to be very beneficial for them because a percentage of them are maybe even a high percentage of them are not going to have any awareness whatsoever about financial, about their personal finances. So that's a project I'm working on right now. And the final project, uh, it's an Indigenous language revitalization project. So Canada has various Indigenous languages. Most of them, if not all of them, have very few speakers. For instance, Blackfoot is a language I've been working with a, for a few months now, since the spring. And it has a few thousand speakers, 2,000, something like that. And the number right now is quite stable. But once some of the older generation starts to pass away, the number will definitely start to decline. That's at least what I'm thinking. And so I want to I wanna get ahead of that a bit. I want to do what I can to help preserve, to help preserve the language, uh, preserve the languages rather in various indigenous languages. So I started with Blackfoot because a whole set of circumstances sort of made that the easiest language to start with. But the next one I'm working on now is Cree. That's what I'd like to go to. I'm 
in conversations with someone, another organization uh, that teaches Cree, and I'm trying to work on a bit of a partnership with them. And ultimately what I'm trying to work on over the next, let's say, few years is I would like to increase the number of people that speak an indigenous language by about, a, by about 100 people. For instance, if there were an extra 100 people who spoke Blackfoot, for example, at a conversational level, that's a real step forward. Because right now, there are roughly 2,000 speakers, like native speakers. Um, and so if we can get that number to 2,100, that's a 5% increase in a three, four, five-year window. That's a big step forward. Wow. Especially for a language that right now is sort of stagnant or dwindling. So that's like, that's a big deal. That's personally very rewarding to be like, wow, look at what me and my team, look at what we did. We put this effort in and due to my efforts and the people working with me, due, due to our efforts, we made a measurable step forward due to our efforts for this language. So that's very personally rewarding. And then of course, it's very rewarding for the community. Very, very rewarding for the community as well. <clears throat> And so that's something I'm working on right now. And I'd like to do that for various indigenous languages in an ideal world. It's a different project for me because I don't speak any indigenous languages. So this is not the kind of project I can do by myself. It's not like French or Spanish where I speak those languages. I know those languages. I've learned them. You know, I can almost one man show it in a way if I ever needed to. But so this is the kind of project where I need to partner with other people. I cannot do it without the help of others. So it's a little bit unique in that sense. Then again, I suppose my business teaches languages that I don't speak, quite a few, but still a little bit different, right? It's not like German where I can find lots of German speakers. It's like indigenous languages. There's not that many speakers. It's a very niche, 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 or niche if you're in the, if you're stateside sort of field with almost no speakers, like no resources. It's so scarce, right? So it's not even like I have a million options. It's like when you find someone to work with, that's probably one of your only people to ever work with. So you got to make it work. It's such a different dynamic. And it's, it's, um, what's the word? Engaging for me, engaging for me, for me mentally, I suppose. So yeah, that's, that's the podcast here. Pretty short one. Well, not a short one, but I suppose a slightly different one than typical, but, but, uh, that's what I felt like doing today. So anyway, anything I want to say before we wrap this up? Um, yeah, I'll say one last, like, one-minute thing. I just want to share, I was just saying a second ago for my indigenous language, uh, what's the word, project right now, I was saying how it's quite personally rewarding because it's challenging and it's different, it's new, it's mentally engaging, it's beneficial for the community if I can be successful with it. And I think it's, I think it's a good idea for people to take on projects like that personal projects that are challenging and mentally stimulating. I think that's important. And many people have those, but I think a lot of people don't really have that. Um, and I think it's important for people to have that. When if you don't have something that challenges you mentally and you get to work towards something that's beyond your current capabilities, there's something powerful in that. There's something that brings meaning to your life in that. It's so interesting right now. Yeah, I got to go on a little rant here. Because it's happened now like three times. Uh, well, one, two, let me think. One, two, two times in the past week. Uh, wait, one, two, well, actually three times in the past week. So I've got three students, a group class I teach. They love class. These are young. These are, they're like 13-year-olds. They love English class. 
with me. They're English, they're native English speakers, but it's primarily a writing class. They love it. They're super engaged. They're hungry to learn. And I think the reason is that they it's I, I think there's various reasons, but one of them I think is that I've given them something challenging to work on and they actually get to see progress and and work on something and work towards something that's a bit bigger than themselves. And they're quite connected to that, I think. And they're really seeing progress and they're and they're 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 moving forward and they feel it. I think that's one piece of the equation. Right? Another person is one of my tutors. Same thing, like he's getting a lot of challenges that he's never had before. And he's very mentally stimulated by challenge, by adver not adversity, but challenge. And it's been, he likes it. It's, he likes it a lot. He likes trying to overcome the challenges and he is overcoming them, but he likes it. There's something about taking on challenges that are slightly beyond what you're currently able to do and working towards skilling yourself up, not killing, but skilling, like getting skilled up to then take on those challenges. Something rewarding about that. I have another tutor as well who right now uh, their life is, I suppose, in a bit of a limbo in a sense where um, they're in a phase of their life where they can't really make any major life decisions. I won't go into any details, but they can't make any late, many major life decisions at this point in time. And so the only thing that they have that is sort of consistent right now is the job that this person does for me, which is this person has a couple of jobs that she does for me, actually, one of which is teaching, but she has a couple others too. And she's told me multiple times once recently, like, yeah, it's nice to have this because it gives me something to do and I can be productive and it's kind of challenging, makes me think. So if you don't have something like that, I encourage you to find something like that. It's, it's so good for mental health. I find that's a big piece of mental health. A big piece of mental health is lifting, is lifting heavy weights, lifting heavy weights mentally, not physically. Well, physically too, that is good for you, but mentally doing things that are very challenging, not too challenging, like two levels above what you're capable of doing now, one or two levels harder than what you're able to do now. And then you have to work your, you have to work hard to be able to actually get there and, and meet that challenge. There's something very rewarding about that and very good for, for mental health. Anyway, let's wrap this up here. I appreciate your attention as always. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.